So that's your mic, cardio mic. So you want to hold it like this, not like this, not like this, but direct. Uh huh. You're right, buddy. Say so. Say something. Check, check, check. Mm -hmm. There we go. Good. Right. It's running off the two. That's running off the one. You want to see the NFT I just bought? Mm. Let's check it out. Tell me if I'm I'm doing it doing it right. That's that's mine. Oh, that's I, on your picture, no? I don't know. Wait, where did I see that? I don't know. That's a good one, though. Yeah. I've I mean, listed it. For, it's only cost six hundred and sixty-six billion nine hundred ninety-nine million six hundred ninety-six thousand nine hundred and sixty-nine Ethereum to purchase. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it does. Ethereum, ETH. Yeah. So that's two trillion two hundred. <laughs> And 14 billion, I mean, no that's wait. current asking price. Yes, yeah, how much I want for it. You asked, you're putting that there? That's it's for sale, yeah. So if you want to buy my NFT, it's a League of Sacred Devil uh, number 6565. Uh, I see, I see. Uh, it's the only one with a Bitcoin, a golden Bitcoin medallion. In so, the collection? Yeah. Who just bought Jake Paul? Jake Paul, he's like a famous YouTuber kind of guy. He uh, he bought one, but he doesn't have. I think he bought like a rock for like one hundred fifty thousand dollars. What kind of rock? A so pixelized. yeah, so if you want to buy it, it only costs you six hundred and sixty-six billion Ethereum, which is like a. Uh, what's after a trillion? Quadrillion. Oh, hold on. Intro music coming in. Welcome back. Real talk stories. We are here. We are here with a uh, another really special guest. He's um, he's uh, an interesting fellow. Let me hear his story and talk about some some cool stuff up here in the mountains of Colombia this organic farm known as a finca uh, where we're sipping coffee from the from the, the coffee farm right Megalithic outside the window site, zone of thousands of statues times that predate even even indigenous empires you know there's un, there's unifications of north african Eastern, Eastern Asia, there's Northern, Central, South America representation here. There's a lot of history. They found over 14,000. Talking to the mic probably help. Huh? Into the mic. Yeah. If you're talking like over here, it's like cool. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I'm gonna get the honor. But uh, it allows for an understanding that this was a zone of a convergence. Convergence. Yeah, of different of tribes, of different empires, different kingdoms. Because, I mean, there's different layers to this. Like, if you just look at what the indigenous people had, or if you even go predating uh, certain megalithic zones that they have in these mountain regions, like, 
the times and the carbon datings like go far back than we can even understand. They found North African masks here carved in stone, literally with, with representations of, of cultures from India, from Shiva, all these different um, cultures crossed through here, you know? On top of the fact that they oh, like Indian, Indian, like Nato, Hindu, like Hindu, Hindu, yeah, red yeah, yeah. dot on the forehead, yeah, because they found temples here uh, honoring their gods as well. There's a lot of different temples that they've discovered here, and it's in representation to like. Well, don't scientists say that's from like the land bridge or what? I mean, more than the, this is a literal picture right now of what they discovered maybe a month and a half ago in a site. This is this is African North North African tribal descent. How much is that? 15. 15 what? Okay. $15,000? Yeah. That's what it costs for that? Yeah. Sounds expensive. Depends on who you're asking. All right, just get the... But I mean, there's different things because the most, the, the stuff that's in the private collections, like we're not talking about a petroglyphic or anything with stone. We're talking about manipulation of minerals and metal composites on a level that we can't even do today. Like... I've, I've witnessed like little dolls, little golden dolls with, a, they had like a doll in their arms. Like that, a doll with a doll. Yeah, like so there's a little girl that has a doll in her arms that's like no bigger than half your hand. And when you look into like the little doll, the bracelet of that little doll has a ruby or, or, or gems around that. The, the level of detail necessary to be able to manipulate gold or manipulate other metals oh like there's little micro emeralds in embedded the in the breast of, of the, the doll's, doll's doll. doll yes but does the doll's doll have a doll <laughs> nah, I mean, you ever had doll bot doll inception what? no doll bot doll bot it's, it's a rice and beans it's a hindi thing i don't know i just thought oh, dal bot dal bot yeah, dal bot i mentioned it because you said uh yeah the, they be eating that dal bot power 24 hour 24 hours all about power. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Mountain, no shower. No. So. That's 24. The, the saying is actually 24 hour. Yeah, Dalbat power, 24 hour. No, 24 hour, full power. Full power. No toilet, no shower. No toilet, no shower. It's true. It's yeah, true. It's cool. <laughs> Was that how much you eat of this stuff? Uh, you can do a little more. A little more. So this is basically done in a process in the Amazons where the convergence. What is this uh, called? Mambe? Mambe? That much? Yeah. That's fine. You, yeah, you. so. Nah, you just you, you put it in your, in your mouth. <laughs> just put it in your mouth. And you pack it, and so it's so the indigenous. This is a this is a sacred medicine. So it's kind of like, not to like you know, uh, not to like you know, profane it, but it's sort of like chewing tobacco in the sense you put it in the side of your lip. In a, in a way, yeah, you're packing it. Hold on. In in your mouth, like as if it was tobacco, but essentially. The abuelos, the taitas, the, the grandfathers, they would say that this medicine or this leaf empowers one to sharpen your tongue with sweetness. Endulzar la palabra is what they would say. So basically, it enables one to, to communicate more concisely, more, more consistently, more efficiently without there getting ego in the way. So there's no misunderstanding. So they would have circles. They would sit down in sacred union so that they can all participate with the mambe. And so that when we communicate, when we talk, it would be in the clearest tongue possible so that there wasn't miscommunication. Because you know, we can gather and people can have egos and resistances and blockages and, and, and things that don't allow 
us to be efficient with our levels of communicating with each other. So I... So, uh, uh, am, I am I allowed to talk now? Yeah. And this helps? I mean, I've witnessed it. I've witnessed the vibe completely change because people become more in tune. People don't just speak out of their ass anymore. People actually speak to get to somewhere. They, they listen because it enables them to participate on a level that gets them to where they need to be collectively. So when you sit down and you speak to over 20 grandfathers all around a circle, you can see the level of efficiency that they're all participating on. You know, It's not like each person is saying something different. They're all in synchronized tone. They all speak of what's necessary in that moment, and then they move on to the next sequence or the next subject instead of everybody independently speaking their things and then the next person go, you know? So it's like... Like they speak in unison? They speak in, in more synchronistic tone means that they're going to speak exactly about what this one certain thing is that's being spoken of and all work collectively to speak about what's necessary in that subject instead of each person going around speaking about a subject and a list of things and then the next person going and having no correlation tied to each comment, because I've witnessed different types of circles, you know, and the circles that don't have this, don't have mambe, mm -hmm. they each individually speak and they whip out a list of comments. The table's speaking. When ah, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's fine, but it's just yeah. going to be a lot of like no, I get you. hitting. That's okay. Tables can speak. It's, <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, you know, the magic wood like Pinocchio. So, so it helps people stay on subject. It allows people to be more efficient. How are you supposed to keep it in one spot in your mouth when you can't even feel your mouth? Well, I mean, that's that's sort of just the place. No? It's the alkaloids? It's the alkaloids. This is basically just coca it's, leaf. It's coca leaf grinded up to a, to a very refined um, point, and then you mix it in with a certain type of ash and cal. What kind of ash? So you would get, um, certain, like there's this type of Amazonian tree bark that you would dry in the sun, then you burn it in like a ritual. So what, it has to be like a, sp has to be a specific, uh, like a specific bark? I mean, depending on what you're preparing, because it's not just one set thing. Different grandfathers prepare things in different fashions depending on the region. If you think about it, the Indian territory or the indigenous people, they're not divided by these countries or nations and borders. Like the people that we perceive as indigenous here are the same tribe at one point in Ecuador, in Venezuela, in Chile, in Peru, you know. Because they were right, because it's, it's, it was all it's one empire. Pre-colonial. Pre Pre-colonial, exactly. So and Spaniards came here and basically just looted and pillaged all the, all fractured the, all everything. the, all yeah. the holy golden statues and melted all down in gold bricks and shipped it back to England and divided everything up and drew lines in the sand and said, okay, this is this country and that's that country now. Yeah, basically. I mean, what I'm recognizing is that the whole resistance, the since the first contact over 280 years ago, um, there have been resistances towards the, I guess, the colonial or the conquest entity that took over, you know, and the whole original resistance of the FARC or like the Colombian resistance came from these indigenous people trying to resist the oppression of the, the conquest. Yeah, I was reading this article actually, it just came out in National Geographic uh, a few weeks ago about how since the uh, peace agreement with the, the FARC 
FARC rebels and mm. the Colombian government that it's led to like massive deforestation and that yeah. actually that there's a direct correlation between the like FARC rebel resistance and the government and the protection of the rainforest. And they drew a, they drew a basic correlation that was showed that just by default, like just by de facto, like it wasn't necessarily like a lot of the FARC were, or are environmentalists. It was, you know, it's not like they were, you know, recycling their, you know, freaking mm. <laughs> bullet shells or anything. Uh, but they weren't reclaiming the lead from their shells, but basically what they, but just by de facto, by them being in the forest and companies and, uh, corporations and individuals not being able to go in and log those forests and mm-hmm. harvest resource forests, that it was protecting the Amazon. I mean, that depends on the source of how you perceive things. Like, that story is true in the context of that the forests are being protected by the resistance groups. But in reality, if you go to the root of the, of the uprising, why there even was a resistance to begin with, these were the core principles. Although, yes, a lot of these different sub, like, subgroups of resistances turned to behave like cartels or behave in manners where they started to uh, operate cocaine fields and all this stuff, like they were there to preserve not only mother nature but all these ancient sites they were here to because i mean there's stuff here that i mean the the operations to put over fourteen thousand giant statues in each point in these mountain ranges like just doing that in modern there's fourteen thousand statues in each point so they've they've geo they've geo scanned this region back in the 90s and basically, they, they've now done it again in 2008 and another point, like a couple of years ago, but they're not being allowed to excavate. So we've only discovered like 1,400. So like the whole complex here at San Augustine, which is massive and takes all day to explore, is just one of many. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. all equally... They're all, because this was a huge, like there, there's, there's now scientific evidence that demonstrates that the population here was way more than what it even is today in ancient times. And there are many different types of groups and different types of tribes and belief structures that all unified here. You know, like I said, there's there's remnants of, of temples of the, the Hindu gods. There's reference of stuff in North African tribes. There's reference of the Aztec and, and, and all these different ancient civilizations seems to have a correlation with this space here. Like this is just out. like this general area. Because if you look at it geo- geotopically, like you have the Andes Mountains, you have the Rocky Mountains that go down through all the way through Central America, and then you have the Atlantic side that unites here. This is what you would call the point three, where north, e- south, north, east, and west all participate in a conjoinment here. And in ancient times, they used the mountains as the highways for trading. So if you wanted, like, let's say, just to paint you an idea, what these people would do when they would trade, they would take these mountain roots, and as they traveled with their food, they would eat and plant their food as they traveled. And these would usually be three-month journeys through the mountains. Oh, so when they went back through, there'd be food for them? There would be food for them. Sounds pretty chill. (laughs) So it's like breadcrumbs that grew. Mm -hmm. And it supplied the chain, a route of abundance where people could freely travel and exchange and there was a level of, of, of coexistence or harmony that expressed through many different cultures coming all here together to create something that we're just now realizing. And this mamba where 
eating they were eating back then during their journeys? This would be one of the things that they would use to try and synchronize humanity, uh, to bring people from different tongues together, to sweeten their tongues, to sharpen their tongues, to make it more effective in communicating, instead of it being this opinion-based projection that can be misinterpreted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that's that. I mean, that that's pretty cool, and, and it's it's. It's, this is legal in Colombia. Yeah, I mean, under the... Completely the, legal. Under the Protection Act of, of, of personal use of medicines, but of plant medicines. But when the coca leaf becomes illegal is when it's processed Extracted, into cocaine. Correct. Once you start entering into the, the laboratory process of coca leaves, like there's many people here in the Campo, there's many different farms that you can c come across here that have coca plants. And the yeah, workers yeah. usually just take the leave and they munch So the it comes illegal when it becomes a chemical process. Exactly. So once you start adding gasoline and lye and... All that crazy and, stuff. And those sort of things, that's when it becomes a... Yeah. That's, that's when it becomes a, um, an illicit product, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that... That's where they draw the line, you know? Because, I mean, at the same time, you can't ship coca leaves and stuff. But you can like, ship marijuana now. I mean, Colombia. Yeah, but if you Columbia, have an industrial license. So Colombia yeah. just last month legalized the exportation of marijuana. Just like completely. It's like a picture in the, in the like Washington Post, New York Times, you know, the big, the big uh, Associated Press news releases where it's like the president of Colombia with a thumb up and just like hundreds of pounds of marijuana packed up for <laughs> exporting. But like, yeah. I guess my point is just like, I mean, no, uh, no countries have agreed that importing marijuana is illegal. Is legal. Like, you can't, like, no country's like, oh, well, Colombia is exporting it, so we'll legally import it. So isn't that basically just like the president of Colombia just admitting that their country is a giant, it's just like, a, like just legalized drug dealing? I mean, in a, in, in a way, they're, they're looking at the rat race, no? How many other countries are legalizing? I mean, you Not the for United international States. export. True, but I mean, I think we're trying to position ourselves strategically. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm working with two different uh, companies that have not unified with multinationals because the thing is, is that out of out of the 140 different licensed and listed companies since 2018, there are I think eight that are not mixed in with multinationals. So basically, very very wealthy multinationals. So eight that are. That, that are, are independent and 132 that are that are industries from water? around the world yeah oh, let me get you a cup you why don't you tell a little story guys i'll be right back uh our friend juan here is going to tell a little story go ahead juan <laughs> all right well let's let's give a reference to how the grandfathers here perceive time and how they relate with nature and how they were able to realize certain things. Because a lot of, it's not just Mambe, there's, there's Haye, Ayahuasca. There's a lot of different um, medicinal plants and animals and things that offer a, an experience to self-realize, to realize the intelligence of Mother Nature, not just our human-created bubbles that we normally tend to never stray from so 
when you really sit down with these people, and it's not just in regards to the medicine, but how they perceive everything, the relationship with mother, with nature, far exceeds our current relationship. Like it, it makes you really wonder what went wrong. Like where and where in the point of our human evolution did we start to disassociate ourselves or separate ourselves from this unified awareness, you know? Because a lot of what these grandfathers talk about, like they can't possibly know these things unless they were connected or tapped into something that showed them without needing technology, you know? They, they talk about star systems, they talk about um, galaxies that we've now just discovered with the Hubble telescope being launched and everything like this and we're talking about people that have known this for hundreds of years <clears throat> so it really it really gets you thinking yeah maybe that what they're talking about isn't just a fairy tale or a mythical story but maybe it presents an opportunity for us to realize that humanity once was really advanced and was once self-realized and created everything in the image of divine meaning we were in unison with the stars and we were able to achieve ancient advanced cities and technologies that we've forgotten so when we not only hear these stories but we take it with a grain of salt what we can achieve as a collective species is no longer limited to the industrial uh, way of evolving and consuming but now self-realizing what we were able to achieve in the past and how remembering that and unifying the people from around the world to connect and to self-realize will enable us to live once again in absolute abundance and in, in cities and, and places that would seem to be a far future in a current reality. So I think it's not too, not too crazy to think that thousands of years ago there was ancient cities that were able to inhabit thousands of people with high levels of abundance. They were able to build pyramids. The largest pyramid ever discovered is in Central America. It was discovered not so long ago. It's like three or four times the size of the Pyramid of Giza. And like everybody knows that one. So it's really a remarkable thing when you start to remember, no? Take take the journey, take the chance to seek and discover, no? So that to me is what really represented something of of a grand awareness or awakening is to realize that some of these people aren't just talking stories and mystics, but they are talking about something way, way bigger and they're able to prove it and exemplify it in a manner where only now we're discovering it with the technology that we currently have. So, and they're at the same thing at the cellular level. They knew what plants would do what, they understood what would heal what without even needing x-ray, without even needing all these other, other technologies that we have. So for me, that's, that's the power of ancient wisdom. I think that water's from the, the springs up here. That's why it's a little muddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Good dirt don't hurt. Um, B12. I missed the story, so I hope it was a good one. <laughs>
is the story finished? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 about it's about realizing that a lot of these ancient groups and and indigenous roots, when they spoke about stories and interactions and star systems and galaxies, like they weren't pulling that out of their ass. If we're now just discovering it with the Hubble telescope, you know, like how are these people able to know entire constellations and and systems that we weren't able to observe with the naked eye? Yeah, I was kind of thinking about how, like, if some major apocalyptic catastrophe or multiple ones, like, hit Earth simultaneously, Over how, how, how there would be, like, there'd be no way to know there was ever cell phones or there was ever computers. Like, all that stuff would be completely gone. Like, like you know, 10,000 years from now, all that stuff, there'd be no traces of it. The only things that would be left would be the giant, massive stone plastic statues that we leave. <laughs> plastic. Uh, how long does does plastic ever biodegrade? What's the math? I on mean, that? we're talking about ten thousand years per cubic. Uh, what is it called? Um, I mean, it also depends on the environmental uh, exposure. If you have it in the ocean with currents, tides, and sun hitting it all the time. It breaks down faster, but it becomes, it's like, it doesn't just biodegrade, it becomes microplastics. How long does it take for plastic to fully biodegrade? <laughs> 450 years. Plastic. Yeah. In the soil? Uh, plastic does not decompose. This means that all plastic that has ever been produced and has ended up in the environment is still present there in one form or another. Huh. I'm seeing some conflicting stories here. Well, that's, that's, I think, what well, they're considering. According to some researchers, they estimate that due to the PET used in objects like plastic bags, it could take upwards of 450 years. Single plastic, oh, 100 years, 1,000 years. Uh, unfortunately, the bags don't break down completely. But instead, photodegrade, becoming yeah. microplastics that absorb toxins and continue to pollute the environment. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. So, so it's, that's thousands of years. I'm talking about like to fully recover at a microbiological level. Because plastic you're changing bags, the 10 pH. to 100 years to biodegrade in, in landfills. But it's still molecular. Like it's still showing up. It's still microplastics. Like although it's technically broken down to the point where you can't, you can't notice it, it's still present in the environment. At a subatomic level. Guess how long it takes for plastic to biodegrade? Forever. <laughs> I mean, there's certain bacteria and there's certain algae that consume plastic at a at a micro level. So there there are ways to combat this. You know, for me, one of my main projects is being able to cultivate and grow as much microorganism as possible. Virgin forest microorganisms. What that means is basically you go into untouched un uninterrupted ecosystems by human hand, which is really hard to come by these days, and go in there and reproduce the microorganisms that are in this virgin forest. Because a lot of the, you take soil samples from anywhere around the world, and they've lost 70 to 80% of the total microbiology density, meaning the different variances of microorganisms that exist. So when you really think about it, we are losing at a micro biological level like all our diversity is 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 disappearing and the only way to replicate it is to grab it from existing zones that have this biodensity and reproduce it and spread it around where we've 
basically lost this biodiversity. I was just recently listening to uh, this really cool guy. I forget his name now. Uh, I should know his name because he's a really cool guy. But um, he is the co-founder or the... He's the co-founder. I just want to get this right so people can can research it. Um, what is his name? Um, well, I guess. Uh, huh. Um. Hmm. Uh, well, I can't find his name, but basically he was saying that if we just stopped cutting the Amazonian rainforest, like it right now, it would reproduce itself. Well, it would reduce carbon emissions and greenhouse gases by over 30%. So basically just by not cutting, just like, like literally we... Like exactly what we have would have to do is nothing. Like we could literally just do nothing and reduce greenhouse gases by more than like all of China stopping all industrial production tomorrow. Like it's just it's it's pretty incredible how it's such a it's such an easy uh, and simple process. Like you could literally just stop cutting rainforests. And it would have, let's put it this way, it would, have, it would have more of effect, more of a beneficial effect on greenhouse gases than all of India stopping polluting right now. Like if all of India just stopped driving and stopped fa making factories and stopped, you know, burning coal, that would have less of an impact than if people just stopped cutting rainforests mm -hmm. today. And I was like, I was like tripping on that because I was like, okay, well, like Jeff Bezos which is kind of poetically ironic, right? Because he has a company called Amazon. Mm -hmm. Like if Jeff Bezos just like took a very small percentage, you know, there was like one day last month where he made $13 billion in one day, like profits, like 13 billion <laughs> profits. So like literally, I don't know exactly what the math is. I mean, we could probably do it. I'm not going to do it right now, but people, people can do it at home or on their own. But basically for a very small percentage of Jeff Bezos' net, net worth, he could literally just basically pay all of the loggers and polluters and everyone the Amazon to like just not log anymore. Like he could just pay them their wages and completely put them to reforest. Stop deforestation today. Like instantly. He could just stop it. With just one week of his wages. Well, I don't know the exact math. I don't want to tell people false information so no i mean i'm saying like with i mean we're talking about with a couple billion like it's a hundred billion like Jeff Bezos is worth more like 200 billion but the point being is no i mean i'm saying what he could we can generate on on a on a profit like if he was just to take that profit of that week from amazon he could do so much his profit's not 100 billion dollars a week no i know his net worth is about 200 billion but um the point being is that it'd be really appropriate if the guy that became the richest person in the world off a company called Amazon used some of those profits that he's never even going to miss to help save the rainforest in the Amazon forest is the namesake of the company that he started and profited so much off of. 
like it just seems like it would be a very appropriate thing, right? I mean, it would make more sense than like Mark Zuckerberg or Facebook like saving the rainforest because it's not the it's not the Facebook rainforest. <laughs> it's the Amazon rainforest. And Jeff Bezos has a company called Amazon yeah. that's made him the richest person in the world. So it would make sense. It'd be poetic that he just put a small percentage. Hey, listen, Jeff, if you're out there, if anyone out there knows Jeff personally, why don't you just be like, hey, buddy, like, you know, you can't buy your way into heaven and, you know, you're never going to spend all that money. You can't, it's like, it's literally impossible to spend the money as fast as you're making it. And you could literally just save, like literally single-handedly save the world from complete destruction. Yeah. Uh, by putting a f- small percentage of your money into saving the rainforest. I mean, you spent $5 billion making a dildo-shaped rocket ship and flying it to not even outer space for one day. Like, that $5 billion could have pretty much saved the world. So how about instead of spending... F- I mean, look, it's your money, right? Okay, cool. So spend $5 billion on dildo-shaped rocket ships so you can go into to non-space for... 10 minutes and then come back to earth with a cowboy hat and then thank all the working class people who spent their hard earned money so that you could spend $5 billion on a rocket ship and put another $5 billion to stay in the Amazon. You could do both, buddy. You can multitask. Yeah, not, it's not like, oh, well, I only have $5 billion, so I can only spend $5 billion on one or the other. You've got $5 billion times like 20. So you could, you could literally save the Amazon rainforest Keep flying dildo-shaped rocket ships to outer space and still have billions of dollars. <laughs> like, why not? And people would love you, man. People would really appreciate it. Just saying. So if you were listening, Jeff, or old Jeffy boy, or someone listening that knows Jeff, I'm, I'm sure somebody is listening that knows Jeff Bezos, or at least knows someone, knows someone, him. I mean, I probably know someone that knows him. But anyways, you could just save the rainforest and not have to worry about it. And that's a pretty interesting fact that uh, you know, just, just by not like usually people think of like conservation and of like you know reducing greenhouse gases is like it's an action we have to take right we have to do something, but this is literally stopping doing things would I mean fix the we could take it even a step further if you really think about it it's not just the loggers like the things that consumes more hectares of rainforest per year is not the loggers it's the forest fires and what do they do they light these places up and then it makes room for palm raising oil. raising cattle well that's really palm oil too. i mean in certain regions of brazil but here in colombia the main the main reasons for people to burn parts of their forest is to make room for grass so that they can have cattle for the beef because that's for what's for beef, dinner that's a huge that's a huge industry here in colombia you know so and and we produce and beef and cocaine. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's something that it's great for your heart. It's 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 happening all over the world, you know. There, I mean, the palm oil thing is more in like the in in like the Asian islands, you know. It's the rainforest over there in the Philippines that that's what they're burning down for coconut and palm. Here they're just grassing everything, so they burn entire mountains and then they just plant grass for the cattle because it's grass-fed open mountain so it's like it's high just quality. beef i mean it's yeah it's different grades of of meats no of of animals that a livestock you know but like there's very few countries that have the luxury 
you know, to produce at such a large scale and not have it at factory fed, you know, because that's that's the major thing. A lot of what's being produced in the United States is 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 factory condensed and it ruins entire towns because of pollutants of the concentration. Dude, what's going on animals. in America is crazy. I want to play something. Actually, the president made an announcement today, September 11th, by the way. Uh, pretty it's a day that changed the planet forever um, and maybe not so coincidentally Joe Biden came out yesterday and this is what this is what uh, this is this is what he said he said two things I'm gonna play two things and I just want us to comment on them. wait where the heck is that even playing from oh, this. so this is the first thing he said Here we go. And I'll be announcing additional steps to help the rest of the world later this month. As I recently released uh, the key parts of my pandemic preparedness plan so that America isn't caught flat-footed with a new pandemic comes again, as it will, what? next month, <laughs> next I'm also going to release a plan in greater detail. Uh, Wait a second. First of all, Which it will. he literally just said that another pandemic is coming which that it will which is pretty confident considering there hasn't been a pandemic for over a hundred years the last one was the spanish flu which was you know anyways here 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 here's 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 uh here's the second thing i want to play you from a speech yesterday i'm just kind of just getting to it i announced the deployment of surge response teams these are teams comprised of experts from the Department of Health and Human Services, the CDC, the Defense Department, and the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to areas in the country that need help to stem the spread of COVID-19. Since then, the federal government has deployed nearly 1,000 staff, including doctors, nurses, paramedics, into 18 states Today, I bet I'm those are that the Defense Department will double the number of military health teams military. that they'll deploy to help their fellow Americans. Okay, wait. First of all, why is it military health teams? Yeah, they mention all these like right. human, human, uh, like humanitarian services, and it's just like <laughs> military. Yeah, like, like what does the military have to do with military health? services? Yeah, like you. So, 18 states. I bet most of those are red states. That came out today. All red states. That was that was yesterday. That's crazy. Uh, September 10th, that came out. The whole FEMA camps isn't sounding so crazy anymore. Uh, nah. I mean, well, they're using the FEMA camps right now for the Afghan refugees. But um, they can easily retrofit that for contamination. Look, I don't know, man, but <laughs> that speech doesn't make me feel like all warm and fuzzy. Like, yeah, I, I don't sure. get it. Like, so He's saying that there's another one coming. He's basically, he's basically like, there's another pandemic coming, and it, it will come. Um, which, I mean, that alone is pretty, pretty strange thing to say, dude. Like, how is he so confident? How's he so sure? That, <laughs> and then he's like, okay, there's surge teams that are going to go for your own protection. Like, I don't think there's ever been a time in the history of human civilization where like government overreach has done something for an individual's protection. And it's like turned out a good thing. 
Yeah, dude. Like, I thought the whole point of the United States was like rugged individualism, you know, the right to pursue life, liberty, you know, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, the whole reason the United States basically rebelled against the British crown was because of taxation without representation, government overreach, and the desire to basically forge our own way. So that kind of goes against everything that America is supposed to represent, which um, doesn't make me feel great about the situation. It's sort of like really dysfunctional because uh, look at that beautiful hummingbird. Oh my God. Hummingbirds in this country are so pretty. Uh, I mean, look at those greens. It's like an emerald green hummingbird. <laughs> it, uh, it just, uh, it just, it just seems like, I mean, none of this guy's plans have worked, dude. Like, okay. So, okay. So the vaccines and this is like, okay. So the vaccines are working to prevent people from dying. That's great. That's good news. Um, that's great. Uh, but there's a lot of factors in there. Like a, it's not helping people be healthy. So, you know, it's not like the rates of cancer and heart disease and all these other issues are, are declining because of it. Uh, and B the, <laughs> the effectiveness of the vaccines declines steadily every month. And the government's basically announced that people need booster shots, but they didn't want to announce it earlier because they didn't want to discourage people from getting the first two shots. It's uh, straight manipulation. Well, dude, I mean, that's like, you're not supposed to like filter information and decide what to do, like to tell people. You're supposed to be the servants of the people. Like you're the government. You're supposed to represent mm -hmm. the people. You just give us the information and let us sort it out. And, uh, see, there's no end game here. There's no, <coughs> nobody's saying that the virus is ever going to leave. And the current administration is just saying, basically everybody has to wear masks forever. Like there's no sign that anyone's ever going to be allowed to legally stop wearing their masks in public, which is absolutely insane. Cause I don't even see any masks here in Columbia. And I also don't see anybody coughing and everything seems to be pretty like normal here. Like you go out to the restaurant it's fairly okay, except for that coughing baby the other day. But in general, like, no one's wearing masks. No one's stressed out. There's no restrictions. And life has just gone back to normal. And the case, cases of COVID in Columbia have gone way down. And only 10% of the population is vaccinated here. The fourth part I want to make about that is that there's these new variants coming out, specifically this Mu variant, which actually came from Columbia, apparently. And they're already saying the vaccines are not effective against it. So... What is the point of this? Like, how many shots? It's endless. It's shots forever. Shots forever for these people. And it's, it's guaranteed just, profit. That's all that is. But it's, it should be people's personal choice, right? Like, if someone wants to... Like, this is like saying, okay, cigarettes are not healthy, right? But if someone wants to smoke a cigarette, they can do that. That's their choice. If someone wants to drink alcohol every day, that's their choice, okay? So, it's people are supposed to be allowed to make independent decisions about their own personal sovereignty and well-being. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the main tenets of America. That's why a lot of people fled their oppressive regimes and countries there. And to come to America is for individual freedom and, uh, and personal rights, personal freedom, individual rights.
So this Biden guy is like stomping all over that. It's like for the greater good. Like what? Like if the vaccines are so great, then why are why is he blaming unvaccinated people for vaccinated people getting sick? Like it's already been scientifically proven that the you still carry the virus and transmit the virus if you've been vaccinated. So why don't you just let people make their own decisions? That's it. Let people make their own decisions. If you want to get vaxxed, get vaxxed. If you don't want to get vaxxed, don't get vaxxed. You know, if they really wanted to stop this thing, they could just start talking about uh, actual antibody counts and natural immunity and how the whole point of the vaccine is to induce a response that brings your antibodies levels up, which is the same thing that happens if you actually get the virus. So I don't know, man. This This pretty... it's pretty pretty strange um you know speaking of things that america is producing right now they seem to be producing a lot of fear and anxiety and i just don't see what the what the plan is there like what's the goal like there's no like the virus they've already said is not going to be eradicated it's around forever so it's like an attempt to cripple the society throughout the planet and but people, install a new new central method like this is implying every single country if you're looking at the covid measures and the emergency response and all the different emergency acts that are running across the planet in different nations that overrides constitutional rights for the sake of emergency well, most actions countries don't have constitution not, not a constitution but i'm saying they have that they have their own declared intention that they have a they have a sovereign bill colombia has a constitution you know so there's there are places that even though in the United States as well, you know, you have the right to 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 be a sovereign being and be a sovereign person and not be part of this industrial complex. But what I'm recognizing is that they're installing with fear all these measures of COVID because of of the the stir up that they're causing. That they're they're injecting so much fear that then justifies emergency acts that override local and and federal governments. Across it's not the just world. fear that's being injected right now. Yeah. Um, but what's the deal in Colombia? Colombia is there's no more restrictions, right? I mean, there's no PCR to come in, so you're free to come in. You don't you need want. a COVID test to come in. You don't need a vaccination. You don't. I mean, I haven't noticed anywhere with any restrictions anywhere in this country. Hmm. I think the only times that anything would happen is if if you were to go into a bank or some sort of like government building, they would ask for a mask. Well, that's up to the individual place, though. I mean, that's mm-hmm. yeah. you have a right. I mean, you could say, "Hey, to come into my," they're not going to fine you if to, you're not going to come into my that. restaurant. You have to wear a purple hat. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's their right. Like, if businesses want to protect themselves or have any sort of policy whatsoever that they feel is in their best interest, that's in their right to do so. That's not what I have any issues with. I mean, it's. People have the rights to decide what happens and doesn't happen in their own establishments. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is people telling people what they can and cannot do in the public sphere. So in public right-of-ways, in, you know, in, 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 in public settings, in public parks, in public uh, you know, roads, places like that, you know, there shouldn't, you know, there shouldn't be there should be no control people should be able to wear what they want to wear yeah like, yeah i mean here they've always really been good about that sort of thing the the small business owner as well as the employer you know here they have a lot more say or power within the society so the government sort of has to 
work around that and try and influence them in a manner of their responsibility. So they try and influence in certain manners, but at the end of the day, it's not like in the United States where thousands of different lawsuit cases are coming up from employers because they feel like it's unconstitutional with the mandates that Biden is presenting. It's just weird, dude. The whole thing's just weird. And it's supposed to be there. That's the free. Yeah. It's, it's like, it really feels like all of the like crazy, like conspiracy ideas that I heard, like when I was like a teenager and a young adult and like everything, people were like, Oh, one day this is going to, seems like it's all happening. It's yeah. like the yeah. machines are going to try and control everything and, you're gonna have to get these weird shots and they're gonna say it's for everyone's good and there's gonna be a pandemic and the forests are gonna be on fire. Like this was all stuff that like people used to say would happen and now it's all happening. Yeah. Like what? 100%. Like, yo, like I was actually, I was just listening to the Joe Rogan podcast yesterday and did you know that there was a, a political movement called the Unity 2020? And it was Dan Crenshaw, who's basically like a Republican from Texas, ex-Special ex Forces military guy. And then Tulsi Gabbard, who is like an Indian, like India Indian, American, who's vegan and was a Democratic candidate for president. And she does yoga. She's like a yoga teacher and like really cool, like cool lady, dude, like cool lady. And she was running for president with Dan Crenshaw as vice president. He's like a super military, you know, hardcore Republican dude. And they were on a ticket. And it was called the Unity Party. Unity 2020. And it was basically based on people uniting, coming together for common causes because they didn't want like an angry, mean, overweight guy called Trump being president. And they also didn't want like an old, senile, shady you know, corporate establishment dude called Joe Biden to be president. They're like, oh, we want actual people that actually represent us to be president. Instagram terminated their account within 15 days or something. Closed the account. For the Unity 2020. Yeah. Censored. Yeah. Deleted. Twitter and Instagram closed it. Yeah, the deployment of social media and these new tools that are being introduced to society because the, they are being controlled by a technocracy, like a, a an entity that doesn't abide by constitutional rights. Well, dude, rights. it's not even humans. It's machines. This is the whole point. It's it's artificial. Oh, doors creaking. <laughs> it's artificial intelligence, machine learning. So it's AI machine learning. So what it is, is it's algorithms that were once programmed by humans that are now running autonomously that are censoring and shutting down human yeah, beings from communicating. I had my Instagram during the election. I had my Instagram account shut down, like shut down, deactivated. The reasoning was uh, sensitive political content. And all I posted this was literally the words that I posted. Hey, things are getting pretty crazy right now and it's an intense times. Just remember to like be calm, breathe and meditate and think clearly. And I got completely censored. My, 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 my internet account got shut down and I had to basically communicate with a machine and the machine said I was a machine. 
And the machine was like, prove you're a human. And I was like, dude, you're not even a human. This is an algorithm. So I have to try and prove I'm a human to a machine to close my account because the machine said I was a machine. So it took me about 60 days. Finally, I got through to a human being and the human being was able to override the system and re- reactivate my account. Hmm. But like people are, I mean, it took like two months. And by then, you know, obviously no, it's all no, over. Yeah. Was, no more election. I'm going to shut that door because it's creaking a lot, annoying me. Uh, I'll be back in a second. You can go ahead and speak on that or something else if you want. I mean, to me, no offense, but I have not, I mean, Biden is the most literal example of what a, a, like a prescription, like doll would, would be like, you know, like somebody that is not even cognitive or coherent, just speak words that are given to him on a flashcard, like. I've I've never would have imagined that we've gotten to a point where like this this guy is just like regurgitating whatever his his administration Dude, is telling literally, him to say. Every time he gives a speech, he's like uh they've given me a le- a list of people to call on and I'm like what do you mean they? Like this is literally like I'm not even paraphrasing I mean I am paraphr- No, I mean he says yeah. oh they've given me a list I'm like, wait a second. You're supposed to be the president. And they're like, you are the leader, dude. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. They gave you a list. Who are they? That's what I mean. It's like, like who it, are they? It's never been so blatant that he's a <laughs> puppet, dude. He just says like, exactly what he's. You're being supposed told to be the president. You're supposed to call. We elected you to be the leader. That means you. Not your administration. You, you call yeah. on who you want to call on for any reason you want to call on them. They, they. It's, well, let's tell you what, it's definitely the same they that made that wrote his speech yesterday uh-huh. about a new pandemic coming and, and how the federal allowed- surge protectors Holy cow. going in through the Department of Defense. Like, wait, wait, Department of Defense, like the military, like, well, that's not healthcare workers. No, that's not doctors. Military it's military. And domestic going into grounds. 18 states to enforce the COVID. mandatory. Uh, you know, vaccinations. Wow. But you know who's excluded from the vaccinations, right? The Congress. Yeah, it's Congress. Ridiculous, man. That's like So wait, so the people that wrote the laws are, exactly. are excluded from the laws. Although they're the, the highest probability risk group. Yeah, because they're right? older and unhealthy. And so they right. should be the ones that need it the most. Theory us at like if we were to actually listen to what the hell they're talking about, like it, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, so you know, I'm just just trying to make sense of it, and it doesn't really seem very logical. Um, you know, so you know that's why it's nice just to come down here and just kind of just decompress and uh, you know be relatively out in nature, except for these tourist groups that come through the guest house. I'm at every few days to like tour the farm and eat <laughs> soup. There's a lady over here doing her little Instagram videos. But um yeah, it's nice to come here and just, you know, relax, eat some mambe, get some get some uh some jaguar teeth. Um you saw the tooth? Mm-hmm. Is it cool? Yeah, I mean so these teeth, like if you're living in the jungle, like their teeth fall out in certain stages jaguar of the Jaguar teeth fall out? Yeah. So these like shamans in the jungle are just like rolling through and they'll just come across? Yeah, them? I mean there there could be something where the like there was like a 
I mean, the, I guess the unethical way is like if somebody or like a, a village was having issues with a certain type of feline, whether it be a tiger or a jaguar, they would send out different groups. But at the same time, when they're hunting and stuff, like their teeth fall out and they they grow. I don't want to murder jaguar too. too. No, I it's just not a natural. Murder. That's what I'm saying. Is like this forage. One, he, I want a forage tooth. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You have to be living in these environments to like come across this stuff compared to like when people go and like hunt hunt these different animals like dude I got it's, it's like the feathers like if you if you are in the areas where these birds are and the, and you're sitting under the tree where the bird landed like when it takes off there's a chance that it's going to leave you a present you i've know? had that happen yeah bald eagles in america and i was freaked out because it's illegal to have bald eagle feathers <laughs> like totally illegal you know hmm. and i was just like i saw a bald eagle and i went over by the nest and like it was like it was like like a feather twirled out of the sky and like landed in my lap i'm like oh well thank you mr eagle <laughs> yeah oh uh you know the story of the eagle and the condor, condor? Mm -hmm. the what unification is it? of the of the north and the south so the eagle and the condor is a relationship between north and south america no there's unification of 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 the north and south americas yeah so the eagle from the north and the condor from the south we're said to be... Is that the owner? Um, I'm not sure. But they're said to be uh, the relationship. When they fly together, when they fly in unison, <laughs> that is, like, let's say, let's call it the, the story or the prophetic tale, is that when the eagle and the condor fly in unison, that that the unification of the north and south will happen. So... When, when you talk about like the eagle of the north and what why is the eagle representation of the nation and all these different things. And this goes way back in, in indigenous tales, you know, stories of tribes. They say that that the condor will be traveling north as, as the eagle travels south and the unification and the... And they they're gonna be in a dance, you know. When they, when they, when they fly in unison and dance, it will be the symbol of north and south coming together have they historically not got along i mean they they do like do they have beef they yeah they clash really? i mean they're, they're some of the few condors and team eagles. condor like, and there's, eagle gang <laughs> there's very few like birds the, that can compete when you're with a them. jet you're a jet all the they're way huge the condors are huge like the tough birds, huge right? birds but eagles as well are huge you know there's and neither, they're like neither both one. on that bracket of of Dominant alpha air, birds, yeah, yeah, alpha, alpha in the sky. Like, there's, there's really, those are the two top guys right there. And they don't like like to share airspace. I mean, they've had their conflicts. Like, there's, there's been known, like Russia and the too. U.S. <laughs> Dude, I was looking at a map. Like, do you know how big Russia is? Like, do mm -hmm. you like? It's ridiculous. It's bigger than Canada and the U.S. combined, bro. And it's like there's like it's like 50 miles that separates Alaska from Russia. Do you know that Russia has almost has Russia has more nuclear warheads than all of the rest of the world, including the U.S. combined? It's a bit excessive. They have like almost twice as many nuclear warheads as the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> so that'd be a nice unification maybe, right? Like it's kind of like the Condor and the Eagle are kind of like world powers sort of making peace. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the story, no? And so when when these two come together... Mm -hmm. The north and the south, the impact that those two will be able to do 
will represent something much deeper than just everybody individually trying to make this happen. It's, I mean, that's like unity is a pretty important part of the process, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like without unity, without unity, I mean, what do we have, right? It's, it's literally one of the tactics. If you, if you observe these powers that be trying to influence us with fear and segregate and, and break us down into little groups and divide well, us divide all. and conquer, right? Yeah. I mean, if you really see that, the, the thing that's going to make us come out ahead is, is the unification. That's the only thing that would stop them. If we all self-realized, they, they have no chance. That's literally the point. That's why they do it, because they know that as long as they can fracture us and, and break us down into smaller pieces and put everybody against themselves, we won't be able to actually stand up against these guys. You mean the the days, <laughs> the those days, the same days that tell Biden <laughs> what to who, say, <laughs> yeah, what to say, who to allow to ask questions. You gotta send me that. I mean, it's all it's pretty easy to find. You just mm. uh, I'll play one here, one clip real quick. This is you want to hear today? People, because people are like, oh, this Aaron's saying stuff again. It's ridiculous. It's like. Like, I don't know no how to even look it up. No, it was just that video that you had before. That was crazy. What he released yesterday. They gave me a list. Here, here, here it is, dude. Here, dude. Listen, this is a, you know you can't you can't make this stuff up. Here you go. Each one of these women and men of our armed forces are the heirs of that tradition of sacrifice of volunteering to go in arms way to risk everything. Oh God, this is not. No, that's not. That's not the. Uh. Here you go. Here's it. Here's this is just from this is from the speech yesterday, I believe. Oh no, from two weeks ago. Here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. Give me a list here. First person I was instructed to call up was instructed to call Kelly O'Donnell, NBC. Like, what are you talking about, buddy? That they gave you a list and the first person you're instructed to call on? I thought you're the, supposed to be the president, dude. Like, that's it's not complicated. You're supposed to be the leader. I mean, I haven't seen world. I haven't seen an example where there's a more blatant puppet in office. Like, I just dude, he's so puppety, dude. <laughs> like, and he doesn't even try and hide it. He's like, yes, just, I'm a puppet. This is what I gotta like, do. Like, I just don't get it, dude. Most powerful. Well, at least used to be, probably still is the most powerful nation in the entire world, and those were our options. Like a fat old well, angry we, we man or a against skinny, the Taliban, you know? so they must be super well, that powerful. Was losing against the, no, dude, losing against the Taliban. Like if you listen to Osama bin Laden, like what his whole plan was, it was to draw the U.S. into a war, an unwinnable war, and to suck all of the financial resources out of the United States and bring our country into debt from that unwinnable war. So that when we're forced to withdraw and retreat, our economy is completely in debt, which is what happened. So that what combined in. with the, you know, the, the the virus has completely wrecked our 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 economy, in the United States, dude. So, 
Yeah, I hope that uh, cheers everybody up on this, uh, you know, anniversary. It's twenty year, twentieth anniversary of nine eleven. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so like I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I really don't know what the plan is, but I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy to be here in Columbia. I'm really grateful to to be here and eating good, healthy food, breathing clean air. Um, you know, I still feel really weird all the time, but this is something I just gotta live with. Um, anything else? Uh, anything else from um, you? Anything? Yeah, I mean, I think what you're talking about is quality of life. No, like what what you can experience here. I mean, on top of the fact that economically. Hold back one second. You want to go ahead? Yeah. You got it. On top of the fact that what you're dealing with is is an economic gain of of times three. So on top of the fact that your your buying power multiplies, the local economy and market is like five times cheaper. So it's like a multiple of 15. And it, it, it really puts you in a position to, to actually not enslave yourself or give away 20, 30 years to get to a point where you can provide your own security. And even then, it's not even a guarantee in the States. Uh, I feel like I tried, um, but seeing how things are turning, these federal surge deployments and excuses to to go in and take. I mean, in Australia, they're they're already taking kids uh, into these vaccination camps for two weeks. I mean, all these situations, all these unknowns, on top of the fact that you have to like economically fight for your stability and autonomy. You lessened that weight by 15, 15 times. Like it's, it's just, it, for me, it was a no brainer. When you really take the faith and the, and the, and the strength to step outside of what's known and then turn to places where, although it's an unknown, it's, it's a given that it enables you to live a quality of life that you normally would not be able to achieve. So if you're interested in all that, you can go to Real Talk Story. <laughs> At Instagram, get a hold of me. I'll put you in touch with this, this, this lovely uh, young gentleman. Um, you want to give your contact info, or do you want to stay anonymous? It's totally up to you. Um, I mean, yeah. If if people want to look me up on on Instagram, you can find me as xxjpxx. Xxjpxx. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a, a a name that Elon Musk would name his child. <laughs> to me, it was simple, but I mean, I'm, what I'm does on it stand a mission. For? You know, I don't know. What does it stand for? Yeah, what does it stand for? Well, to me, it's more of an focusing. So, like, what is the X X Y? What is it? Double X J P double X. Does it stand for anything? I mean, it was something that I created a long time ago, but it, it enabled me to be discovered easily, you know. It's nice. Amazing. So uh, you can get a hold of him on there. He's got a cool spot here in Columbia to come hang out at. And, um, yeah, I think with that, we're just going to we're just gonna call it good. Um, take care. Let's go ride. Give thanks. And uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Real Talk Stories, where everybody's got a story. Uh, Broadcasting live from 
or Jungle Mountain in Columbia. Send in lots of love to you and yours. Peace and love. Any last words? Much love, guys. Hope to hear from you soon. Guys and ladies. Yeah. We love equally around here. Yeah. All right. Peace.